0: Among the few books I possess, I have a paperback book with this intriguing title, Fit Bodies and Fat Minds. Let me repeat it, Fit Bodies and Fat Minds. How does such a title be ever given to a book? Well. The book is written by Oz Guinness. Yes, he is indeed part of the, that Guinness family from the other side of the water, the south of Ireland. He, his father was a missionary with the China in a mission, and Oz was born in China. He now lives in America, and he's a conference speaker. I had the privilege of hearing him and meeting him on a number of occasions. Well, he was speaking at a conference, and I have no idea what the subject was, and afterwards, at uh, question time, a woman stood up and said to him, and Oz was certainly not prepared for this question, and she said, this is a $64,000 question, how's your body? And Oz said, Madam, I'm English, how's your mind? Mm-hmm. That's the title. That's where the title comes from. Now, there are a number of references to the mind in the New Testament and indeed numerous, old tes- uh, numerous references in the Old Testament. However, it is this evening that we are thinking of two particular references from the New Testament. References regarding the mind. And I want us this evening to consider the mind. It's a very interesting fact, is it not, that we hear very few sermons related to the mind. Yet the mind is such a crucial part of us, of all of us here this evening. Whatever happens in the mind is reflected in the way we live. And that's just as true for the Christian as it is for the non-Christian. The reaction of our minds determines so often the outcomes of various situations that confront us. The way our mind responds to various situations often will determine their outcome. And that being so, we ought to be concerned about the state of our minds. All of us here this evening, you ought to be very concerned about the state of your mind. I mentioned there are a number of references to the mind in the New Testament, and there are two in particular, to which I want to draw your attention. They're found in Romans and in Ephesians. In both of these books, the references to the mind relate to the fact that believers are new creations. They've been born again. They've been made new. Since that is so, the mind must be affected also. The first reference to the mind that I want to draw your attention to this evening is Romans 12 and verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let me ask you this evening, have you been renewed in your mind? Have you ever thought about that? It's crucial to do so. Be renewed in your mind. It's a sad fact that very often within the Christian world, the idea of thinking and using your mind, is almost frowned upon as if it's not somewhere spiritual. That you'd use your mind, but God has given us mind. We're to worship the Lord our God with all our heart and strength. And mind. So let me ask all of you this evening. Have you been renewed in your mind? Are you being renewed in your mind? It's an ongoing situation. And here, of course, it's a regular theme in the New Testament: a believer. Being a new, new creation should show that by not conforming to the world as they once did. That's the first part of the verse. Before the believers in Rome became Christians, their lives were conformed to the pattern of the world. That was a fact. It was the way things were. Simply because it couldn't be otherwise because their nature, their inner being, determined that it be that way. However, as we know, a great change took place in the lives of the believers who were meeting in Rome. They were born again, born from above. They were converted. It experienced this miracle of the new birth. The new birth—you've heard me say something times before—is a supernatural, dynamic, creative act of God. That's what it is. A believer is a person who's made completely new. They've experienced a miracle, and that's a miracle that's absolutely genuine when you come to faith in Christ. No. That uh, being so, Paul says two things should follow one negative and one positive. The Apostle Paul, he often works like that positive followed by a negative, or a negative and a positive. So, first, he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world notice what he implies here and that is that the believers in Rome had perhaps been conforming to the pattern of this word and perhaps the apostle paul was concerned that they might still have been a little bit like that and that's why paul says to them that they should conform no longer no It's hardly surprising that in one way they were conforming to the way of the world because that was the way it was, their own nature. Their own nature was such that they blended in nicely with the world. Which is what Paul means by the word conform. J.B. Phillips puts it this way. They were squeezed into... The world's mold. In other words, they were just like everyone else. They were lost in the crowd. They were just like everybody else around them. They weren't different. They blended in so nicely. That's the way they were in their previous lives. They did not stand out, they fitted in perfectly. And brothers and sisters, be careful. That you're not fitting in too nicely to the word. Do you stand out as far as the rest of the word's concerned? Or are you lost in the crowd and it's hardly noticeable? That you're a believer? That's what the Apostle Paul's concerned about? For the church at Rome? we hear all of us, young and old, need always do to be careful that we're nice and comfortable in the way of the word. Paul says that if you were like that, conforming to the ways of the word, now you're a believer, he says, don't be like that. As non-believers, they were naturally like the rest of the world. That's, That's the way it was. Now, that should no longer be the case because they do not belong to the world. That being so, what should they do? It's okay. So, if you don't belong to the world, if you're a believer, what should you do? So here's the positive advice that the Apostle Paul gives. He doesn't just say, don't be conformed, and leaves it that way. The Apostle Paul never does that. Scripture never does that. It never leaves us from mere prohib- prohibitions and nothing positive. It never works that way. So having said to the saints at Rome, don't be conformed, Any longer to the ways of the world, be careful you haven't been pressed into its mold and and you don't stand out anywhere anymore. Now what? But be transformed. How? Listen to this, all of you here this evening. It's crucially important. By the renewing of your mind. So here's this reference to the mind. Paul says it needs to be renewed. But why does our minds need to be renewed? Because it's thinking, it's set in the mold of the word. It's the way it was before we were believers. It's thought patterns are that of the world that's why it conforms to the world the thoughts in the mind determine how we live and these can be very subtle the way our minds go and it's so easy that we act in some ways Almost unconsciously, we are sometimes not aware of what has happened in our minds. We're not aware, of perhaps, a subtle change, a tiny little change has crept into our minds, and the outcome is that we will then so easily be conformed to the word And we need to remember that the devil's very powerful and he loves to influence us yeah, the words don't seem strange in what I mean And a nice gentle easy comforting way until perhaps when they suddenly wake up and think, Whoa, this happened to me. So I ask you this evening, and I have to regularly ask myself every good preacher first preaches a sermon to himself before he preaches it to others. And I have to ask myself this question as I'm asking you Have you been transformed? by the renewing of your mind your mind is renewed of course as it responds to the prompting of the Holy Spirit through the reading of scripture the more often we read the Bible the more often we think of it so our minds will be transformed will be renewed it can't be otherwise when we're reading scripture And the reading of Scripture will produce new thought patterns, which in turn produces new behavior. Can it be otherwise? Listen to this. As you think, friends, so you are. That is something set, as we might say, in concrete. As you're thinking, so you are. because the way your thoughts are, your way your mind is going determines the way you live. And in the light of the world in which we live today, in this new year of 2022, we cannot be more concerned about our minds. Because they're constantly under threat. All the time, there's no escape from it. And we need to be ever so careful. So, as you think, so you are. Of course, it's not only what we read that influences our minds, what we hear also determines what we think and how we act. Hearing and acting are not disconnected. They're related, closely related to one another. Of course, it's true, as we sometimes say, uh, that a picture's worth a thousand words But that does not mean the words are unimportant. If they were unimportant, you wouldn't be here this evening listening to words, would you? Words. 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 So how are you hearing? How have you been hearing today? What have you been listening to today? And I don't mean just this morning in church. I certainly trust you're listening then. But in the gap between then and now, what were you listening? So have you been transformed by the renewing of your minds? So be careful that you're not just drifting along to so become like the Word. So having looked at that verse in Romans chapter 12, I want us to consider a verse from Ephesians chapter 4. This is not really good practice to do two things like that. Ellie Deans, who taught us hermeneutics, master of theology in the Irish Baptist College, he certainly would not have approved of this. So if he's looking down, I hope he forgives. We're going to look. And a line from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Paul says we should be made new in the attitude of our minds. These words like the previous are set in the context of the believer being a new person. Or a new self as opposed to the old self, the old person, the way we used to be. Earlier, Paul had said the Ephesian believers should not live like the Gentiles as, the way, as they once did. And part of that old life concerned the attitude of their minds. So here again, let me challenge you all this evening, and myself included, Here is something that perhaps we don't give a great deal of thought to. The attitudes of our minds. That is the state of our minds, and in this instance, of course, attitudes is what's been talked about. But what's an attitude? You have an attitude right now. I don't know what it is, but you definitely have one. You've an attitude. Well, an attitude, according to the uh, Oxford Dictionary, and that seems to be a pretty sound thing, says that it is a fixed way of thinking, a a fixed way of thinking. However, we do know that uh, a settled mind can be on. Settled. So some people are unsettled by an anxious or fearful attitude. Some of you here this evening that may well be true of you. Such a common thing, isn't it? That an attitude of mind is unsettled by an anxious or a fearful attitude where I live there are these two young men whom I know very young their lives are often characterized by deep anxiety and they're so young in their twenties and sometimes I could cry for them shut up in their house almost all day long Rarely going out because they're fearful and anxious. They're nice young guys. So often that's the way they are. an An attitude can be unsettled. An anxious attitude of mind is really rarely settled. An anxious mind is rarely at peace. An anxious mind very often doesn't like silence or the quiet because of what might come in. And a fearful mind is never a settled one. But we can also, you know, friends, and don't forget this, we can also be unsettled by an angry or impatient attitude. We're always angry, always impatient. So we can be unsettled, an attitude can be unsettled when we're constantly angry and impatient. And you know, you soon discover if you haven't discovered it already, I can tell you it's as sure as it can be that attitude so often easily becomes obsessive it can easily take over our minds I know I speak from experience as you could do if you're honest how easy it is to get into a certain frame of mind that you're never happy, grumbling complaining, nothing ever seems right for you you're impatient with people, and before you know it, what happens? You become a prisoner. You're a prisoner to your allergies, whether it's anger, or anxiety, or fear. So we all of us need to be very careful. I could ask you, what was your attitude coming here this evening? Well, now, as you know, it's often very easy to point out a problem. But perhaps not so easy to provide a solution. So what are we to do regarding our attitudes? Paul says, notice again, to be made new in the attitudes of our minds. In other words, this is all part of the new life of a believer. So he says, be new in the attitudes of your mind. And he underlines that, as it were, in verse 24. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. How do you measure up to that this evening? If you're a believer, how do I measure up to that? And when Paul talks about putting on the new self, he's saying we need to be actively engaged in the practical application of our new lives. We are to be concerned every day about our attitudes. And we're to work it out by God's grace. We're to pray about it and be concerned about it and to be doing something about it. So if you came here and here this evening angry, I hope you won't go out angry. If you come in here this evening impatient, I hope you won't go out impatient. And if you've come in here anxious, I trust by God's grace you won't go out anxious. The Christian life is all about practical living. It's not merely theoretical that's the easy bit it's the living of it and it's affecting your mind so when Paul says talking talking about putting on the new self he's saying we need to be actively engaged in the practical application of our new life we receive the new life on our conversion and then having done so we demonstrate that a new attitude, so brothers and sisters, if your attitude hasn't changed since you became a believer, in some things, not right. Because this new life is radical. That word isn't used loosely. It is. If it is true that you, as a believer, have been born again, and you quote, and you might even have read the passage at Christmas in the first chapter of John. And where the writer goes on to say that oh, what are believers? Believers are those who are born from above. A believer has experienced this incredible miracle of a new life, and that being so, there must be the clear-cut evidence of it. We receive the new life and our conversion, and then, having done so, we demonstrate that by new attitudes. We endeavour not to have a fearful, anxious attitude. So we remember that we're told in Scripture by the Lord Jesus, don't worry about tomorrow. And what he really means is don't be anxious about tomorrow. And know how the Apostle Paul talks in Philippians chapter 4. And he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. So notice even there, the Apostle Paul doesn't say, don't be anxious. There's nothing more frustrating to any individual who's anxious and somebody comes along and says, oh, don't be anxious. What good's that? No, it's no good, because we are anxious sometimes. Sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with us being anxious from time to time. So I want to carefully say that. I don't want anybody to think being anxious is a sin. I'm not saying that. But there's a remedy for it. The Apostle Paul says, Pray. Bring all those things that make you concerned and anxious to God in prayer with thanksgiving and then the peace of God. Well, garrison your heart. It'll be like a wall around your heart in Christ Jesus. So are you transformed? Has your attitude changed? Or has it changed? Well, it is, of course, changed. As we constantly read Scripture, as we pray, and as we meditate on it. So if you read a passage of Scripture this morning, do you remember this evening what you read? Do you remember that passage? Do you? And do you remember what it said? Have you ever noticed how easy it is to do your reading in the morning and then 10 minutes later, what did I read? So we are through the Scriptures to be transformed. We endeavor with God's grace not to have a fearful, anxious attitude or an angry attitude or a resentful attitude. Not a resentful attitude. And we do that not in our own strength but relying on God's grace. We do that as we rely on God for his help. Relying on God's grace and help. In other words, there's a dual action. We endeavor to have a new attitude of mind while looking for God's help in doing so. So we do read the scriptures and we do pray because they're the practical ways God has given us to be transformed, to be changed. And the outcome of this is that we will display some characteristics that are true of God, namely righteousness and holiness. And they will be the outcome of a renewed mind, a new attitude, And notice that holiness and righteousness are powerfully positive things. If you look in that verse from Philippians chapter 4, and verse 8, how the Apostle Paul says to his friends, look, here's things that you should think about. And when you look at each one of those things, the things that are right and true, notice he says, under our love life and that are admirable. Think on those things. And all those things enrich us. Always. They never harm us. They never drag us down. They enrich us. That's why the Apostle Paul said, think about those things. So we should ask ourselves, do you have a fit mind this evening? Some of you, I guess might well endeavor to keep physically fit. I keep trying it. It doesn't last very long. but I do keep trying, because I'm a trying person. But what about your mind? Is your mind fit? Is your attitude? Or have you a fat mind? Because in a sense you're lazy and careless about your thoughts. And if that's true of you, may the Lord protect you because we live in such a hostile world. So we ask ourselves then, are we spiritually fit in our minds? Renewed and with new attitudes? And we might even begin by asking your, yourself, asking ourselves, what was my attitude coming here today? What was the state of your mind as you were coming here today? It's an incident in the New Testament. So the Lord Jesus speaks to the crowd about John the Baptist, and he says to them, when you went out into the desert, what? Did you go out the same? As well? Why did you go there, where John the Baptist was? Why were you going there? Why are you here this evening? Is it a mere habit? A mere routine? You'd be a bit of uncomfortable if you didn't come because maybe your parents might say something or your friends who knows so what's the state of your mind and if you have never asked any of those questions before now is a good time to start because it's crucially important that you do so So then, have you been transformed by the renewing of your mind? What's your attitude, your state of mind this evening? Is it anxious? Is it fearful? Is it angry? Is it careless? Learn by God's grace to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And if you haven't been, I trust you might even be this evening so that when you leave here and go wherever, people will notice A change has happened. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to keep us in our minds in our attitudes, for Christ's sake, amen. Amen.